Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death, UFOs, and other creepy, Cults. weird, random shows. There you go. Yeah. Not uh, just naming things in the room. Oh my god. There's a cult of ghosts. It's Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! We're recording on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we are. Uh, ho, 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 Joe. Ho, ho, ho. And a bottle of... Rum? I got something around here we can You gave drink. me a bottle of water. I did. It's half gone. Ho, 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 and a bottle of water. I spilled it all over your floor. But Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry you gave me... You brought gifts. Yeah. Uh, you brought me a torso. <laughs> brought you a torso. Doc Hendricks. <laughs> <laughs> and some cards. And a, and a thing that we're going to make videos with. Yeah, light, some lighters. Some lighters. I'm all some set. Some of your little sports cards that you like. My little sports cards. Your, your, little... your silly little hobby. <laughs> your silly little... Yeah, I brought you some of those. But I appreciate it. I always love sports cards. Uh, I gave up sports gambling and betting uh-huh. so I could then just buy sports cards. So, I mean, oh, I guess yeah. it's... Okay, <laughs> like I don't know. You're kind of gambling on those that you might find one. That's I do super with the packs. Expensive. Have you sold any, or do you just buy? I just buy. Right now, now, you're just collecting. I'm just you're accumulating. E- eBay, my cards. one transaction on eBay scared me. Yeah, and I, I'm like, I got ripped off for like 120 some bucks on that, and I just, I don't know if I want to just be sending stuff out there and yeah, not getting I mean, paid for it. Just because you get hurt once, man. Yeah, you gotta make put yourself sure, back make out sure there. Make sure you never. No, no, no. <laughs> The opposite. Make sure you never get hurt again. Hurt yourself way more than anyone else will ever hurt you. That'll show. Yeah. Who's king of the hurt now, huh? (laughs) You are. But you have your cards. I have my cards. Yep. Merry Christmas. No, I do think I'm, um, I might buy, like, packs. I I, I keep reading all these people where they bitch about how many people just buy packs and they don't know what they're going to get. It's easier just to buy what you want. <laughs> and I was always just like, why is everybody in this hobby such an asshole? I know, just let, like, people, just let people do things. what they want to do. Yeah. But now that I've bought quite a lot of yeah. boxes and packs, and like now that I'm like on eBay constantly, I'm like, oh, it is actually just way easier to buy the ones you want. But yeah. I'll still buy some because I like the... It's fun to open them. I'm a sucker for I don't know what's, what I'm going to get. Yeah, I like opening old ones. The old like, ones, yeah. Yeah, we found that pack at Peddler's Junction. I've been getting into VHSs. I finally got yeah. a VCR. I love VHS. It started I wish- because I had uh, the first, they had all three Back to the Futures, like really good shape at the Goodwill for a buck each. Mm-hmm. And I bought those just because I have other Back to the Future stuff. I, I like those movies. Yeah, they're and, good movies. Uh, yeah. Well, so. not three so much, but. Yeah, not three at all, but it was there, so I bought it. You know, it completes the trilogy. They're way better than the video games. I've never even played the video game. Nintendo's one of, the Nintendo game for Back to the Future is one of the worst. Ones I may ever. have tried it. Yeah, it's just awful. Probably uh, it was made by LJN as all movie games. I have made. the uh, Gigawatt, the Transformer, DeLorean. Mm-hmm. I have that out of the box. It was uh, it was standing there as a as a figure as a robotic man, but then after watching the first one on VHS, I transformed it back into the car. That's the kind of exciting stuff you're going wow. to do. Wow! You're mediocre. <laughs> That's my life! Joel did the thing. I transformed the Transformer! That the thing does. Yep. Good job, Joel. I thought we'd transform this back. It was hard. I had to get the instructions out and shit. I'm not good at trans. These uh, Transformers are tricky. They got it tough, man. They make it look easy in the movies, but it's not that easy. No, it's not. I've yet to do it. I beep. I make the noise and everything. I just like, maybe if I just like say the noise. Yeah, have you? Yeah. 
I think you have to sacrifice the chicken while you say the noise. <laughs> I, I finally got it, so now I was back to looking like a car. Okay, good. good. <laughs> if you're wondering. I was really, I need updates from now on. Every episode, I need an update. You got it. Is it a car or is it a man? Where's your jingawad? Where's your jingawad at? Uh, yeah, I need a VCR, and then I would probably, because I have quite a few VHSs, but my yeah. VCR doesn't work. I stand there at my table and I work on records. Mm-hmm. I saw I you watch VHS. I watched it. Yep. I watched it happen. I watched the magic. I'm a I'm a business. I saw man. you perform the magic in front of me. Yep, it was magical. It took glue. Say Ta-da. magic again. <laughs> I'd be a magic magical turkey. You would make a fun. You would make a fun magician. I think at kids parties. Yeah, I would do it for kids. Like you could do comedy adults. magic. Yeah. You could like screw up everything. Yeah. Oh, I'd screw it up. But, like, who was the John, amazing Jonathan? Oh, yeah, he was good. I yeah. Think he, he passed recently. Yeah, recently. R.I.P. But you could do, like, a bumbling uh, magician act. I could. Kids would love it. Yeah. I'd make a killing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of killing. <laughs> That's why I said it. We're going to have a show tonight. Yeah. It is Christmas night, and some would, or Christmas Eve night, and some You would dragged think. me over here. So I was at home in my PJs with Lily. We were it was the night before Christmas, and Joel up. was at home. <laughs> he said, we're recording, motherfucker! When Cash kicked the door down. <laughs> uh, and dragged his ass on home. But I'm on here, over. so let's, let's do it. So, uh, you know, some people would think, hey, this is a Christmas time episode. Uh-huh. I bet we're going to hear some Christmas I'm ready. true crime. We're I'm not. dressed as Santa. None That's of these why stories, I came over dressed as None Santa. of these stories took place in December oh. or Christmas. <laughs> Hold on, let me get undressed. But these are three true crime stories that Hollywood might want to look into oh, okay. turning into uh, some films. Yeah. Maybe like a Netflix series. You never know. But, Movies. Uh, I, thought we would, I thought we'd go over these stories. We'd maybe uh, make some casting decisions. All right. Uh, you know, I, I can cast some real them. meat on these bones, yeah. as you like to say. Oh, man. <laughs> the meatier some- the bone, the better. <laughs> So we're going to start out, the first two are more like, uh, um, they'd have like George Clooney, uh, Matt Damon maybe, like real like uh, Bank heist, heist type okay. movies, yeah. you know. That's so what it's, I think of with those. But you'd have like an ensemble cast, like uh, maybe have, uh, have, you, have you watched the Knives Out movies? I just watched uh, Glass, Glass Onion, Onion last I watched night. it yesterday. Yeah, I watched so last night. kind of have that feel to these. Didn't fast forward it once. Wow. <laughs> Not once! You watch it at regular speed? Yeah. Because it was Batista. Yeah, uh, it was Netflix, too. And a little mankini, wasn't Daniel it? Daniel fucking, no, man, the the guy that plays Bond. Daniel Craig was yeah. so good in it. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Did you ever watch the first one? No. Nope. Knives Out? It's awesome. It's really good. Yeah, I'll watch it now. Yeah, you should. Fucking shut you this down. You better right now. Shut it down. I'm leaving. Uh, you but, won't let me. But yeah, you like, won't let me. Get away from the door. The director of uh, Glass Onion, uh-huh. you know, he could make one of these. So, we're going to talk about... Yeah, so if you're listening, director man... From Glass Onion, I think it's the guy that did uh, uh, it's a Ryan Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson. He did one of the Star Wars movies. Guy that did one of the Star Wars movies. He's done some things. If you're listening, listen up He's closer. Of, listen the, even closer. Friend of the show, Ryan up. Ryan Johnson, director Ryan Johnson. So first of all, we're going to talk about a mysterious diamond, uh, Ryan Dick, that caused chaos in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, before being stolen by a gang of murderous Playboy surfers. Oh, Wisconsin? I mean, we're just... Where the fuck you yeah. surfing at? I think there are beaches in Wisconsin, but still. So there's been a lot of uh, mysterious uh, cursed gems over the years. Uh, you know, everyone knows about the Bahia Emerald. I... You know, from the 752-pound one? Is that the one from the Brady Bunch movie where they go to Hawaii? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't a gym though, was it? I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, it was fought over for years by uh, like private eyes, swindlers, you know, just everybody. Uh, there was the uh, Pearl of Lao Tzu. There, you know, there's been a bunch of these, right? Like yeah. we used to see movies all the time, like that had gyms and diamonds oh, and stuff. That's all the '80s was. <laughs> Movie about a fucking gym. So this story uh, starts in 1876. Um, this is gonna, we're going to be talking about the Eagle Diamond. Okay. So, hey, take it easy, Desperado. I like it. Okay, this isn't Hotel California. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Uh-oh. You got me hooked. That's all I can think oh. of. I got these three, man. I can't think when I'm like, oh, on the spot like this. Take it easy. I'll take it easy, man. <laughs> What's he woman? There you go. You got it. All You're right, back. Uh, so some dudes in Eagle, Wisconsin were digging up a well. Uh, a local farmer's wife named... For funsies. For funsies. That's what you, what you do. It was Well Wednesday. This uh, farmer's wife named Clarissa Wood, she's like uh, just hanging out, you know, watching them do their thing. And then she sees this big yellow rock like laying underneath the dirt. Uh she would say, go on to say that she was strangely drawn to it. Oh. Like, it was just calling out for her. So she picked it up and kept it in her home for years. She just, like, gives, like, her little, you know. Yeah. Her cool rock she found. Her pea rock. Someone finally told saw it and told her that was a uh, topaz diamond. So just one person decided. Yeah. Uh, so she realizes she can sell this thing for some money, so she goes to a local jeweler named Colonel Samuel Boynton. Oh, Colonel. I say, I say, Samuel <laughs> Boynton. Uh, she sold it for a dollar. Which back then, man. 1876, like, wow. one dollar. I'd be was, like 30 now. It was a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it turned out to be a giant uncut diamond. Like worth more than a dollar. Yeah. Um, she tried to buy it back from him. She offered him a dollar and ten cents for Ooh. it. He didn't go for it. Uh but he bought a bunch of land in Eagle, this uh, Samuel Boynton. He quickly found Boynton! two. And then he found two more diamonds right afterwards, which sparked up like a national frenzy. Like everybody's out there trying to find these diamonds. Uh, diamonds don't grow in Wisconsin, though. Um, and no other gems were ever found. So it's most likely that this dude like had two others and he just put them there. Yeah, and like, We're going to leave them off the other one. But a ton of miners ran out to Wisconsin. Uh, and started buying land, so... Like little kids? Yes, miners. Oh, it's back then. man. You know, they were That's expected sad, to already man. have a family. That's sad. By the age of Let six. Let it be kids. They had Let six, it be kids! They had six years, Joel. Kids grow up so fast. You know? So Sam Boynton starts selling off his land that he bought, because, you know, the prices are yeah. going crazy. So he basically just swindled a whole bunch of people. Um, he made a second, you know, fortune selling real estate, and then skipped town. Uh... So then, uh, it went missing in 1964 when it was stolen by legendary, it kind of went back and forth between some people. It was stolen by uh, a surfer group um, led by a legendary jewel thief named Murph the Smurf, or Murph the Surf. This is the plot, the point break. Kind of. This is where we pick up. Okay. Yeah, we kind of pick up. I mean, we're talking movies in this point. Not Uh, the remake. I haven't seen the remake. I didn't either. You know, but the original is good. It's great. Patrick Swayze, R.I.P. Keanu rolling into his back, shooting into the sky. Yeah. Because you can't shoot Patrick Swayze. (laughs) 
what was uh what was Keanu's name in that? Uh, Johnny Johnny Denver? Utah Utah yeah. Johnny Denver. Johnny Utah <laughs> Johnny Utah. Uh, Murph was Jack Murphy. He was a champion surfer who had been making a small fortune robbing jewels from Miami hotels. Uh, in Florida, Murphy's crew had organized crime protection. You think they recognize him with the surfboard? Well, in Florida, yeah, like once a year in Wisconsin, like I'm pretty sure he's, yeah. he had to stand up. But, I mean, you know, he probably has the surfboard when he robs people, too. True. He's like, uses that as the weapon. True. <laughs> it would work. Hey, don't don't cause no waves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, you made me lose my place. Uh, so... He, uh, they had protection in 1964, uh, up until 1964, but they were driven out. Um, so they went up to New York. Did they lose a surf competition? Was there like another group of surfers that came in? Well, I think Johnny Utah infiltrated the group, so they uh, they had to oh. get out of there. Uh, they still played... did. I bet two other groups of surfers had to have a surf competition <laughs> just to see who was king of the beach. Probably either well either way one way or another I don't know but there's got to be a surf competition. <laughs> so that's the word. Your best at. surfer is our best surfer. Okay. All right, we're combining genres here. <laughs> so we're taking a true crime, like a crime thriller, and stuffing in like a uh, uh, one of those dance competition movies, or like a ski movie, or like a ski. Every ski movie there has to be a ski. So they plan- I just like for everybody to have a little bit of a role, you know, like this is just a little, this could be like a, a prequel movie that comes out afterwards about the two surfing okay. groups that tried to come and replace the diamond gotcha. stealing surfer group. So we'll see like a little bit of them in this and movie. And they're good guys. They don't steal anything, but they got, that's another hurdle. Hearts. That's another hurdle for them is they got to get past people's perceptions of surfer groups now. Bad boy Because you got these guys stealing diamonds. And they're like, hey, no, we're just in it to surf. That's right. And they're like, yeah, prove it. And then you gotta you gotta serve against prove the it, other bro. group. Go prove it, bro. <laughs> yeah, I prove it every day. Okay, bro. I prove it every day. Bro. But the diamond, though. <laughs> so something about a diamond. Once they got to New York, they decided they were going to <laughs> rob the J.P. Morgan Jewel Collection at the Museum of National Hist- History. Uh, they scaled the building. Crawled through. Still have their surfboards. Crawled through an open window. In my head, they still have the fucking surfboards. Like, why did we bring these men? Maybe they just surfed up the wall. He's like, shut up. Shut up. You gotta have, bro. Take my lucky surfboard, Uh, bro. (laughs) That's what the cops need to do. They just need to interview a lot of people. And then first guy to be like, I don't know, bro. All right, we're one of them. Uh,. So they go through the windows. Uh, they ended up making off with the star of India Sapphire and the Long Ruby, amongst others. Uh, the, the theft made them national celebrities, uh, despite the fact that they lost. They left behind a ton of evidence: surfboards. <laughs> uh, um, we can't carry diamonds and surfboards. Uh, like, and, but what are you gonna do once you steal a fucking one of a kind diamond? Like, where's the all oh, my? Uh, Grandma left it to me when after yeah. she died. Well, I mean, that's when you fence it to people. But I guess yeah, the black market. Yeah, I bet if you're if you're an evil surfing group, then you know people. You know, <laughs> you, you know. have connections. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so everyone got arrested. Uh, most of the jewels <laughs> were recovered, uh, but later um, he uh, he admitted to being the Eagle Diamond being a part of this, but they were never able to find it. So to this day, the eagle like they recovered most of what he stole. Yeah, but the eagle diamond to this day has never recovered. I think. Did you ever watch American Dad? No. So I think this was used as because American Dad does this thing throughout its 
series uh-huh. where it'll like veer off into other stories out of nowhere. And That's so may, stupid just to veer off. <laughs> and like, it, let's talk about one thing. You it know? may like tell like a three minute chunk of the story. Yeah. And then you may not see any more of it for like 14 episodes. And then, and then all of a sudden there'll be a little bit more of it. Oh, okay. So it'll kind of, and then it tells it. Yeah. So one of the first ones they did was Roger finds, or they, Roger and somebody go past, Roger and Steve go past this like, uh, electric plant or something like a, uh, electric, uh, a thing guard, like a transformer. Yeah. And it's got, a fence surrounding it well, like the power goes out and the two repairmen the two repair guys show up electricians and then like the bushes they see this like gold diamond crusted uh emerald and the one gets like drawn to it and ends up killing the other one with oh. it and gets it gets out and then as the story goes over the seasons different people keep like discovering it like in the hands of the other people yeah and they get like drawn to it and kill that person with it until it finally, I forget what the conclusion was, but I, I do think they kind of like took that. Yeah, from the emerald here. But I think this would be a great, like we got, we got, yeah, we got the surfer Sandra element. Bullock's the lady that's like sold it for a dollar. Yes, we'll start back in eighteen seventy six. Oh yeah. All right, another one here with some uh, with, a, with with a really good thief. Uh, back in the early two thousands, there was a wave. Does he serve? <laughs> Wave, he, he doesn't. Oh, man. Hey, Why did I think of that joke on the last story? Let's get back to the last story. So, oh, oh, so would you say there's a wave of diamond robberies <laughs> happening right now? I would, brah. Brah! Shaka, brah. Man, I was, I was even trying to think of stupid puns. So, you know, I'm not going to edit. right there. I'm not going to edit this, but if you guys want to go back. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, Hit yourself on the head just hard enough to forget. But not too hard, because you still have to remember that we were making jokes about surfing. I don't know how hard that is. Try it a couple times. Try it on your pets first. I don't know. I gotta stop talking. What's the second story about? I don't know, but I really want us to film some sort of infomercial where one of the lines is, Try it on your pets first. (laughs) Try it on your pets. Beasley, get in here. Leave Beasley out. Kabong. We're not trying to kabong, Beasley. Um... So the culprit of these uh, hotel thefts, the, the really fancy high end hotels, uh, the culprit turned out to be like this a con Tays man in or some shit, like a Tays in, like wow. a comfort in, oh, <laughs> a super eight. You get that breakfast bar in the morning. Oh, we're like, there's a lady running it who just seems mad every time you take food. Like it's just not what you want to know some shit. So I've stayed in a lot. <laughs> I've stayed in a lot of hotels uh-huh. throughout my life, like yeah. wrestling shows. I, lo- I love hotels. Yeah, uh, I've. My our buddy Jason manages a hotel, and there's been a few times where I've been like, "Can I just like live in your hotel?" I was just thinking the other day, I'll probably never stay in a hotel again because that shit costs money, and I ain't got none. Yeah, I, but keep going. I love it, but <laughs> so I've stayed in a lot of. I've stayed in the worst, grossest yeah. hotels. Oh yeah, yeah. But like you said, even the worst hotel, there's fucking breakfast. Like it may just be like a muffin wrapped up, but there's breakfast that yeah. you can take. You know. So yeah, I've stayed in all all kinds of hotels. The, one of the nicest ones I've ever stayed in, though, was when I started a job a while back, and they sent me, they had to send me off for training. And they always put me up in a nice hotel. It's in Huntington. I get up one morning, like I was, I was there for like uh, three days. So the first two mornings, I uh, just stopped at the gas station on the way into the place I was doing the training, grab something real quick. Third morning, I'm like, I'm up a little bit early. I'm gonna go down, have a nice breakfast, <laughs> then I'll go to the training. 
So I go down, and I'm thinking, you know, this is a nice hotel. I'm betting, like, the fucking breakfast is, like, you know, yeah. bacon and eggs. and Like a Shoney's up in that Like place. a Shoney's, you know, <laughs> like a Shoney's. I go Shoney's. And I get down there, and I go to walk into the the restaurant area. And as I go to walk in, a lady stops me and goes over to a podium, like like restaurants have. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'm, I'm she's like, are you a guest at the hotel? <laughs> and I go, yeah, I'm just going to grab some breakfast, and I, you know. And she goes, uh, have you already placed your order? And I go, no. Uh, <laughs> I just, I'm going to grab it and then go. Peanut toast and cereal. Leave, you know, yeah. Like, let me grab a banana and a, and a thing <laughs> of a weird combination that no one would ever have anywhere else. Yeah. And she hands me a menu. And she's like, well, you have to order it. Did uh, we you try to eat that? She's like, we prepare everything. <laughs> um, That's what I would have done. We like we don't, and I was like, you don't. I go, do you have like a, just a bar, like yeah. some stuff? For she goes, oh no, 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 we prepare everything. So I was like, oh, okay, well. So I'm still thinking in my head, free breakfast. This is a hotel. <laughs> yeah. So I look at the menu, I paid. and there's like three levels that you can order. Uh huh. First one Executive? is like your base level, and it was thirty six ninety nine. What? Charged your room, and then went down to like hundreds. What? So I told her, I go. I go, I have to pay for the breakfast? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> but how is the nicest hotel I've ever been in? Because they're rich people. They don't. They, they think that they just don't give a fuck. They're like, oh, I'll charge it to the room. I'll That's, never have to pay that. It's insane to me. And they probably get a lot of people like you where you're like a business person there on a work. Business and person, thank you. <laughs> you walk around, Not hello, a, I'm a business person here on work. I would describe myself as like a vagrant <laughs> in that place. <laughs> I do kind of think that, like, I think being, like, rich and fancy would suck. It seems awful. Yeah. Anytime I've ever been in, like, a, a situation where it's, like, I'm rubbing, you know, where there's people that are way better off than me. Yeah. And I don't need to be in this place. <laughs> I'm always just like, this all sucks. <laughs> Go do poor people things. That's awesome. <laughs> They're pretty poor. We learned how to do it. Anyways. All right. So. <laughs> we veered off again. With these uh, with these things. At one point, I mean, people started to think that, like, authorities and stuff started to think this guy, like, legitimately, we may have a shapeshifter in our hands. Like, no matter what, we cannot catch this guy. There's no, like, no details about him. That st- you know, this guy is, like, a great con man. He's a hotel robber. Yeah. Okay. Really, like, upscale. Okay. Um, places that don't have breakfast for free. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We've been all over the place since the second one started. I'm trying to keep it so he clear would, in my head. He would, we just started it. He would <laughs> often impersonate a wealthy guest to gain access to a penthouse suite. Uh, one time, an actual, the actual guest walked in uh, while he was robbing the place. He introduced himself as an undercover hotel employee. Oh yeah, performing a quiet a quiet security check. What kind of years was this? Did you say two thousands? Okay. Uh, a security. He was just doing a, a quiet little security check because there had been a threat, so he's just checking it out. Uh, the guy that walked in on him apologized for disrupting. Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, and then you know he apologized for interrupting this guy's room. You know, like, I'm sorry, I'll get out of your room now. Yeah. You know, hope I didn't impose. And uh, he just left. Like, uh, they were like, that was a nice, that was a nice man. <laughs> uh, but he had all the shit. Like, he had taken. Yeah. Uh, on his way out of that room, he stopped down in the lobby when he was leaving the hotel, stopped the lobby, and then uh, sent up the guest a bottle of champagne, oh. but had it charged to that guy's account because he 
told them that's who he was. Yeah. So, <laughs> so kind of nice. You know. But kind of a dick move. Kind of a dick move. Yeah. Kind of Just a, a little, move. like, uh, tag of, like... I'd be like a Ryan Reynolds I character, I think, yeah. then. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds would be great. Thinking quick on his feet and then a little little joke at the end now, there. No, we're probably going to not have him be Ryan Reynolds, though, because uh, then people would say that we're whitewashing the movie. Okay. Because this is a Spanish fella. All right. Um. So, uh... Damn, you know, you made me feel bad. It's Good. okay. It's what the internet does. <laughs> A typical. So there was a theft at a Four Seasons Hotel in Vegas. Uh, the thief hung around the lobby, just drank coffee. Like this dude just uh, watched as people came in to investigate the uh, theft. Yeah. He said he was this uh, wealthy guest named Daniel Gold. Uh, he walked up to the desk as the investigation was going on, introduced himself as uh, Daniel Gold, said he'd lost his uh, room key, and asked for a new one, uh, and then just let himself into the suite. Where uh, he could hear the actual Daniel Daniel Gold's nanny and the kids in one of the rooms. So he hid for a little bit uh, and then called the room impersonating Gold and told them that they need to ask the nanny. They need to call up to the room and ask the nanny to bring his children downstairs to him. So uh, they did. Uh, The nanny grabbed the kids really quick went downstairs and while there's a investigation going on to a previous robbery <laughs> he was in that room uh ended up walking away with two hundred thousand dollars in gold and jewelry uh you, if you travel to a hotel you gotta take a lot of gold jewelry yes so uh the cops like really started there was a ton of outcry from because it's the wealthy so they actually the cops yeah, have yeah. to do something sure um so they take this like pretty serious, you know. They, they really started investigating this guy. They finally find out who he is. His name is Juan Guzman. Uh, Juan Guzman Bet- Baton Bet- Betoncure. How do I say it? Boncure. Uh And he had fell out of the sky to get there. Literally, uh, he fell from the wheel of a Colombian cargo plane landing at the Miami International Airport in '93. <laughs> Uh, he had like stowed away on there. Uh-huh. Um, I know you said that. I was like, I don't think you mean literally, but there you did. Yeah. <laughs> he when really he did. fell from the sky. Uh, when, so when he's up in there, uh-huh. uh, while they're flying, those temperatures are like below zero because think of about like, how tired he is. He just needs, uh, he just needs <laughs> to put his wheels down and rest. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's that's just a plain stupid joke. <laughs> I stole your bit. Uh, uh, yeah, because the planes are up so high. Yeah, it's so like, it's so fucking cold. Yeah. So he actually, when he fell, uh, like that should have killed him, falling from it, because he was asleep. Oh. And he just fell out. Man, I, do you ever do that where you're sleeping and you feel like you're falling and you wake up? Every once in a while, my cat does it constantly and actually falls. <laughs> So that's hilarious to watch. He does it everywhere he's laying. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, so he's like, it's flying. He's sleeping, though. He's asleep. He was tired. And he just stumbles out and falls uh, in Miami. Yeah. Uh, you know, the ground, making the impact of the ground doesn't kill him. Uh, he was actually declared dead on the runway, though. Uh, because probably, you know, zero freezing temperatures. I bet his pulse and stuff slowed way down. Uh, but he made a full recovery, and when he came to, he introduced himself as a 13-year-old orphan named Guillermo Rosales. Uh, he said he was fleeing poverty. Um, so the story kind of made him a minor celebrity, uh, but his new foster family noticed... You mean he worked underground and, like... 
tunnels. A minor celebrity, yes. Okay. You just know all the things <laughs> he, was, he was like digging and stuff. Minor <laughs> celebrity. Because uh, uh, they would see I'm that, just dumb. They would notice that he would disappear and reappear like without explanation. Um, they went to a hotel once and uh, they found him with $200 and a gold chain stolen from other guests. So he kind of like... I mean, this guy sounds like a badass. He started this early. Yeah, he's not really hurting anybody. Um, they figured out that uh, this wasn't a 13-year-old kid. This was actually a 17-year-old kid living with a fairly middle-class family. Uh, he was deported, but then vanished again. So he's doing all this. He's doing this con man shit. Uh-huh. Uh, like, at an early age already. Was deported, disappeared, and came back. Hell yeah. So... The craziest thing about the story, though, is how he was caught. So uh, he's living somewhere like in um, London, and a Scotland Yard detective uh, had been investigating the series of heists at London's like upper class hotels. Yeah, and he had kind of like figured out there was Guzman, and he had unraveled like he figured out every point of Guzman's life, like he knew who he was looking for, but he could never find him. He could never catch him. Then one day, uh, the detective was at a supermarket. Um, he reached out like a romantic comedy, uh-huh. reached out to pick up an apple, and Guzman reached for the same one at the same time. And the detective happened to be looking, like, notice his watch, yeah. which matched one of the ones that was just recently stolen. Uh, and that's how he caught this guy. Oh. They both reached for the same apple. Damn. So we go from a true crime heist to, like, a romantic comedy like that. But yeah, I, this movie, it'd be a fun, like, did you ever watch uh, Catch be. Me If You Can? Yeah, that's what movie I had in So my this head, would kind yeah. of be like, you know. So yeah, uh, I don't know who to cast in that one. We would need like a 30-ish year old, like, Spanish actor. Uh, I don't know. And then like uh, a couple detectives, you know. I think it could be a good movie, though. Mm-hmm. But we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with what I think would make a batshit insane true crime story. Uh, This is a much more detailed one. Uh, It is crazy as fuck. When I first heard it, I thought I knew what was going on like four to five different times. I had no idea. So we'll be right back with a movie that Jim Carrey could star in. (laughs) I'll say that. He's retired. Uh, He could come out of retirement. Come on out, Jim. So we'll be right back. All right, we are back. Uh, so here we go with like it's I said, Christmas. It's Christmas, and we're. Talking. I gotta get to bed soon. So Santa comes. You, I mean, have you been a good boy this year? <laughs> I mean, there's. I shouldn't be silent on the podcast. But there's audio evidence you. that you have been a good boy. I'm a very good boy. We have made a case for you this year. I would say. <laughs> what, what do you want for Christmas this year? What do you hope Santa leaves for you? I got Vader, man, so I don't know. Santa already has a gift for me. I mean, I basically already beat Santa at his own game. Yeah, he did. He sanded it out. Checkmate, bitch. (laughs) But he's coming. (laughs) Who knows what he's going to bring? I got to get to bed. All right. So we're going to get into a story. Uh, This took place uh, back in 2015, March 23rd. Aaron Quinn and Denise Huskins, uh, both around like 20, between like 28 and 30 years old, we're asleep in Aaron's uh, Vallejo, California home on Mare Island when at least two people broke in 
and woken them up sometime between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. Uh, Aaron had just recently left a relationship where he was engaged to be married, but broke things off when he found out that his ex-fiance had been cheating on him. Ooh. He and Denise had met each other at Kaiser Hospital in Vallejo, where they both were uh, physical. They were right there for a broken heart? They were both there as physical therapist colleagues. Like, oh, okay. They were both into physical therapy. Uh, so... They're dipping their pen in company ink. Aaron, um, so you know, so two people break in sometime, wake them up sometime between three a.m. and five a.m. Uh, at around one forty-five, one fifty p.m. the next day, uh, Aaron makes a call to nine one one. The police come. Uh, Aaron meet, meets the police uh, when they arrive, and uh, he seemed really disoriented, like he had drugs in his system. Um, in his kitchen, when the police go in. There was red tape on the ground. He told the police that the kidnappers had told him not to cross that tape. Like, they had set up a little area. Like, this is uh-huh. where you can be. Um, and they said, don't cross this tape or else. Uh, then the police looked up and they see a security camera like that had just been attached to the wall in the living room ceiling. Uh, Aaron told them that that had been put there by the kidnappers, and they told him that they are going to be watching him. Uh, every the, step he takes? Every breath he takes. Wow. They'll be watching him. Uh, that's just crazy, though. I'd say he would. They were at least. That's at least like seven hours after they first got there. They called nine one one. Yeah. What the fuck happened? So it was eight under eleven, twelve, nine, twelve, twelve, nine. Fucking I mean, we're talking like fifteen hours. One p.m. They broke in at five. They broke in at like three a.m. between three a.m. and five a.m. So let's say three eight hours. Yeah. To two p.m. Yeah, eight nine hours. Yeah. I'm dumb. Uh, so, but they, still, they were there for a long time. What the fuck's happening? They also notice zip ties on the table. Uh, they see that there are swimming goggles laying there that have been blacked out. Um, Aaron told the cops that he'd been zip zip tied and the goggles had been placed over his eyes, so he couldn't see out of them. Uh, the police go upstairs and they notice immediately that there's like a strong smell, like the place had just been cleaned, like really cleaned, like well, yeah, and like vacuumed, and you know. Uh, so they take Aaron in for questioning. So Aaron said, Aaron tells the police that on the evening of March 22nd, 2015, him and Denise were hanging out together, eating some pizza, drinking some beers, having some whiskey. Uh, and they'd been going through some problems in their relationship because Denise had just learned uh, that Aaron had been texting his ex. Oh. They had been having a pretty serious conversation that night. Uh, where Denise was basically saying, like, look, you either need to decide if you're ready for a relationship with me or if you're still holding hope out for the ex. Uh, so they had a, you know, they talked, they ate, they drank. Sometime between midnight and 1 a.m. This motherfucker with two cheeks. Oh, this motherfucker. <laughs> this motherfucker. Sometime between midnight and 1 a.m., uh, they go up to bed. First, though, Aaron made sure, he goes through and he makes sure that all the doors and the windows are locked. He does, he, like, this was his usual routine every night, he says. Um, around 3 a.m., they're both woken up by a blinding light, and then they... Okay. Do you check your windows and doors every night? I don't. I don't either. Like, I try to make sure I lock windows when I close them again. Definitely not the windows. I don't ever, but... I mean, the, the doors... The door... I've woken up to sometimes where, like, shit, the door was unlocked all night. I've done that before. And it feels shitty, but you're like, oh, I try to look, but yeah. it's definitely not like it. This motherfucker... <laughs> He's already just trying to, like, every single night, I go and I just, oh, I shake and rattle his windows and make sure that they're locked. They were definitely locked. 
I have a checklist. Because every night. You want to see my checklist? Yeah. Um, it's like when you're when I was a guard, and it used to be like yeah. the thing where you'd have to go there, and like it was like a timestamp, and you had the other piece, and you would like have to like press this piece into this piece, and it would like make a timestamp that yes, oh. you did indeed do the round at the proper time. Yeah, that makes so sense. So that's what this guy has by all his windows and doors. He has, he has a system. Yeah. So he says that they're woken up around 3 a.m. by a blinding light. That was beam. training. You're a security guard now. <laughs> okay, I got it. I'll start applying. Uh, so they have a blinding light in their eyes, and they can hear what sounds like a, a stun gun. Um, they also hear the voice of a white male, uh, but they can't see who it is you know, because of the light. Yeah, uh, I'm a white male. But from what Aaron can recall, he seemed to be dressed head to toe in black, like wearing a wetsuit. Surfer. Oh. Uh. The voice called... Okay, po- what's the big deal being head to toe black? Yeah. So am I like a fucking... You're a suspect. <laughs> I'm literally head to toe black right now. All black shirt, all black pants. Well, and if you're going to like sneak in somewhere at night and rob somebody, uh-huh. yeah, you're going to be wearing all black. Fuck, like, all black. I'm like halfway there. You're, you're there. Don't tell the police. So the voice called them both by name uh, and told them that this was a robbery. Uh, the voice told them both to lie on their stomachs and then they had Denise zip tie Aaron's hands behind his back, and then had her uh, zip tie his feet together. Then blacked out goggles were placed Shit. over both their faces. Um, Aaron stated that before the goggles were put on, though, he noticed that there were two sets of legs. So there was at least two people that broke in. Um, and then only one set of footprints. And then they were both forced into the closet. So once in the closet, uh, seven minutes in heaven. No, uh, headphones were placed over Aaron's ears. And a pre-recorded message was played. Uh, it stated that there was a drug that both of them were going to be taking. And his car warranty. One way or the other. We're contacting you, but your car warranty. It's such an easy joke, but it fits. Uh, so they, the recording says, look, you're both going to be taking this drug one way or the other. Uh, the drug was like this small bottle, and it had diazepam, diazepam and NyQuil in it. So it's going to knock you the fuck out. All right. Um this does sound like a pretty badass movie so far. Yeah. So they were told that they could either willingly drink this little drug talk cocktail or that it would be injected. Say less. It could be injected. Into, yeah. Say you, less. I'll yeah. drink anything. <laughs> and if you told me it's diazepam and NyQuil. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come here. <laughs> I have to share it. Uh, they told them that they refused. It should be painless after that. You just drink that. and They told them they refused or people fight. Uh, things were going to get way worse. Uh, they were going to basically. Use... They can do this the easy way, pretty much, or we can do it the hard way. Or they could be stunned and uh, they would be cut. Oh, is basically what they were told. Um, Aaron said that while he was in the closet, uh, the kidnappers checked his vitals, like they put a uh, blood pressure cuff uh-huh. on, checked his vitals, and then you know removed the blood. So like, I guess they were making sure the drug wasn't like killing him. Not I don't too know. much. Um. Denise was then taken out of the closet and taken into the next bedroom over. Uh, while in the closet, Aaron said he was asked if Denise looked similar to his ex. And he told the kidnappers that uh, sort of like him and like his ex and Denise both did have blonde, like long blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, but that the ex had moved out in, in September of 2014. So the kidnappers then leave the room for a short few minutes. And then they come back in um, and they tell Aaron they know where he works. They know where he banks. They have... Um, they just like knew everything about him. Uh, Aaron said he could hear one of the kidnappers whispering to the other, but he couldn't make out like who was who. He said he was told to keep his phone line open and they would be in contact with him because he would have to perform 
a series of tasks to ensure that Denise was kept unharmed. I'm like, listen, can you guys just text me? Don't call. Like, calling's like a whole thing. Jesus. Like, I gotta get ready. I gotta, like, just text Prepare me. myself. Just text. Just text. I'll get, I'll get back to you. Uh, he was told that he was going to have to pay the kidnappers 15 grand if he wanted Denise back in one piece. Uh, the kidnappers forced him to give them his bank account info, access to his email, and access to his laptop. Then he was brought down to the kitchen along with a spare change of clothes and a pair of scissors. Um, that, that way, when they left and they... He could cut himself free. Okay. Um, then the kidnappers took Denise and left. Aaron collapsed and passed out from the drugs shortly afterwards. Aaron was in and out of consciousness for a while before finally waking up in the afternoon. He found that Denise, his car, and his laptop were all gone. Uh, he found his phone and had an email from his... He had like a Comcast email. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he had a live.com email address. And... He got a email from his Comcast email to his live.com email. Um, in the email, there was a demand that he make two separate payments of eight and a half grand. That's seventeen thousand. They only wanted fifteen. Now they're asking for more. You can't oh, trust you're these right. thieves. These sons of eight, yeah, these sons of bitches. These bitch whores. <laughs> I don't even know that. Where did that come I from? Lip biscuit. Um, Santa's, I hope Santa's not listening. Santa heard that, man. I hope not. He just lost a president. Fuck! <laughs> that fat fucking prick. There goes like five. <laughs> Cock sucking ho, ho, ho. Two more. <laughs> uh, the kidnappers told Aaron where in his house to stay um, because they reminded him that he was being recorded by a security camera. And they didn't want him to be contacting anyone that he wasn't permitted. Like, they just didn't want him calling 911. And he immediately calls 911. No. He he had his phone and he had Denise's phone. And he was instructed to call his boss and let him know you want me in for work today. How is he supposed to make money if he's calling off work? Exactly. I mean, come on. You want this money or not? Yeah. I got to work for this shit. Yeah. I got to bring the bacon home. Uh, So he he needed to call his boss and tell him he wanted me in today. And then he needed to text... Uh, Denise's boss and be like, hey, I'm not feeling well and won't be in. Yeah. Um, Aaron contacted his brother immediately because his brother worked for the FBI. His brother told him to immediately call 911 and that by the way he was describing everything, it sounded like this was a professional group. Yeah. Um, of surfers? Possibly. Man. They did have wetsuits on. Yep, they did. Uh, he told him, you know, hey, they know you're, like, they know the layout of your house. It seems like they're prepared. Yeah. So you need to hurry up and call the police because I'm involved. So he called 911. Don't say my name out loud on the video. <laughs> around 1.45 p.m. Um, it really didn't make any sense that Aaron and Denise would be targeted for robbery because neither one of them were, like, really well off financially. Like, they're just physical therapists. Like, yeah. they're not rolling in dough. Um, it turned out, though, that Denise was never supposed to be the target. Uh, whoever the kidnappers were, they, even though they were super prepared... They didn't realize Aaron had uh, broken up with his fiance, and they thought that she would be the one in bed that night. Mm. Um, and she had some money; she came from money. So, I came from balls. Lucky you. Yep. Uh, Squirted right out. The kidnappers, like I said, they did. They had asked Aaron, like, "Hey, do they like look similar? Like, is that like, what the fuck did we do? Like, you know." Who the fuck is this? Yeah. So it's like that kind of explained why they were asking him that because he thought he said that that was an odd, like for them to be like you know hey does the current <laughs> chick look like the last one we were banging like some weird kidnapping conversation. Um, 
Aaron told investigators the whole story, but they had their suspicions. Uh, for one, the house had been cleaned, you know, really yeah. thoroughly. They'd found a small drop of blood Maybe on the Maybe you try to do that every night before he goes to bed. <laughs> yeah. I check all the windows and the doors. And I clean. And I bleach the place down. Uh, you know, they found a little bit of blood on the mattress. And Okay, it, raise your hand if you don't have a little bit of blood on your mattress. I mean, a little bit would be nice. <laughs> uh, and it had taken Aaron 10 hours before he called 911. Uh, he'd called his brother before he called the police. He had Denise's phone, and his car was gone. Like, these are all pretty big red flags. Yeah. You know, this guy did it. Um, the investigators began to press Aaron on his relationship with Denise, uh, recalling that he'd been talking to his ex while dating her. They asked Aaron if this had caused any uh, tension in the relationship. Which one's the better kisser? <laughs> <laughs> and if Denise had been upset over anything. Aaron stated that Denise had been upset, and that the police asked, and then the police asked if it was because she thought he was cheating on her. He responded saying that she felt like he'd been emotionally cheating on her. Ooh. Um, the police asked if Denise... They've had some deep fucking talks. Yes. Jesus. Uh, the police asked if Denise had found something on his phone. Like, had she looked for, the, you know, something to make her suspicious. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, she had gone through his phone, found some text messages where he had told his ex that he still cared about her and that he wanted to work through things with her. Uh, investigators took all of this as... Uh, a red flag, and they told Aaron straight up they weren't buying the story. Yeah, um, they started to tell Aaron to think about how all of this is going to play out. Told him that you know maybe something happened by accident. You know, did did uh yeah they try to give you that out? Did yeah. you react in a way that you know you regret? Um, we know how bitches be sometimes. <laughs> they be talking. No, yeah, uh, this isn't me. I'm trying to do like an impersonation of these right. police officers. I got you. Yeah, I would never talk about how the bitches be sometimes. <laughs> Who am I to say how anybody be? Oh, let alone the bitches. But these cops, that's what they would do. Yeah. That's a ploy that they would they would like intact and that was a I don't know. Yeah, a <laughs> yes. You're basically right. Yeah. Um so they uh you know, they're saying like <laughs> they knew something happened to Denise, but it definitely wasn't some guys breaking in wetsuits, yeah, uh, drugging everybody and kidnapping her. So they they bring up uh, Scott Peterson. Like, why would they leave the? I don't know. Like the... they they ask Aaron like um, if he had heard about Scott Peterson uh-huh. in that case, and you know they're like you know everybody like thinks of him like he came in and told us his big sob story, but now everyone knows he's a liar, and now like everyone looks at him as a murderer and a liar, um, and he's like you know people are going to look the same way at you. If you're yeah. coming in here and telling us this big lie, and uh, so you know they're basically saying like, you know, you don't want to be like made fun of and a killer, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, what if they roast you on social media? Didn't they tell Aaron? Hashtag bad boyfriend. That'd be you. That'd be you. So the one detective tells Aaron, he like I in the video he says, uh, you know, like I'm not looking for an alive Denise anymore, and I know that we're not looking for a dead Denise. Is what he's telling Aaron. Yeah. Um, Aaron took a polygraph. Polygraph. Man, it's test. such a mind game between fucking these cops and these, yeah. So, which it has to be because yeah. you're gonna be like, "Hey, did you do it?" Yeah, I did. You're not gonna get very many. Yeah, people being like yeah, that was me. Yeah, you gotta like fucking. Oh man. Just... Um, he volu- he uh, uh, complied with taking the lie detector test, uh, and he was told by the detective that did it that there were uh, no question in their minds that he'd failed the test, that he'd failed it miserably. Uh, he remained adamant, though, that he didn't do anything. Um, 
they were telling him though outright, "You're a liar. You're responsible for what happened to her. Yeah. You know what you do with the body." Probably wasn't even a real test. He just took like some cords off the phone or something <laughs> and wrapped around them and the, the like, detective was making the sounds yeah, beep. Beep. and like the other cord would send the detective and his <laughs> yeah. arm would just draw on his little spikes and valleys and stuff <laughs> beep 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 uh, oh it says right there you're lying um, we know how bitches we, beep. we've seen interrogation <laughs> videos uh, so they had Aaron. Look, I've seen now. I just recently rewatched uh, Signs of the Lambs. Oh yeah. So fuck, dude. I am the FBI. <laughs> Dexter, the latest season of Dexter, and now Signs of the so Lambs. All you've been doing is watching and American Pie. So, like, so I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm the, also the biggest crime movie of them all. Sure. That guy fucked a pie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucked the pie. That's got to be a law. That's got to be against the law. Uh, oh, it is you now. Be fucking pastries. <laughs> No. All willy-nilly? with like a willy pepperoni nilly? roll. If they're big enough, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> it is West Virginia's what delicacy. A weird, what a weird one to pick. <laughs> pepperoni uh, roll. So. Now um, glaze filling. They brought in Aaron's brother, the FBI. You know, oh, yeah, the they FBI. called. They, they bring him in, and they're hoping that he can talk to Aaron and get Aaron to confess, like, you know, brother to brother. Yeah. Um. So we'll get, like, Mark Wahlberg and his brother, the other yeah. Wahlberg. And he's like, yo, hey, say hello to your mother. She's my mother, too. <laughs> my mother, too. Did you do this? You got to tell me if you did this. You fucking guy. All right, you didn't do this? I'm going to go tell our mother. Uh, Aaron, after this, he's like, hey, can I get a fucking lawyer? Like, yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, they don't really have any evidence to hold them. They do begin, like, a really widespread ser- uh, search. They're looking for land, water. They're looking for her body. Um. Lieutenant Kenny Park of the Vallejo Police Department, he starts appearing on all the news channels. He, like, you know, does the uh, updates of the media, and he's saying, like, we're taking every possible action to find Denise. He says he says at one point in the thing uh, she was possibly kidnapped um, for ransom, but, like, in everything he said, he's basically saying to everybody, she's dead, Aaron killed her, uh-huh. whatever. Um like I said, though, they had no actual evidence, so they had to release He's Aaron. He's in the jury pool, the eventual jury but pool. But they did basically make it, like, out to Aaron. Like, you know, don't fucking go anywhere. Yeah. It's only a matter of time until we're bringing you back in. Um, Aaron's car was found at the Department of Veterans Affairs nearby. There was no evidence found inside the car. Uh, gave officers no clues to go off of. There was nothing. But then an email shows up sent from Aaron's Live.com account uh, with the subject line reading, Denise Huskins. This email was sent to Henry Lee, a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle, and it states, uh, as stated, Ms. Huskins, Huskins, which in the email they uh, uh, type, there was a typo, they accidentally accidentally put Ms. Lee, because I'm assuming they were like looking at their yeah. Henry Lee. Yeah. Um, but it says, uh, Ms. Huskins will be returned safely tomorrow. We will send a link to her location after she has been dropped off. She will be in good health and safe while she waits. Any advance on us or our associates will create a dangerous situation for Denise Huskins. Wait until she's recovered and then proceed how you will. We will be ready. Uh, the email had a voice recording attached to it. XOXO. XOXO. The voice recording was a female's voice stating, uh, Okay, my name is Denise Huskins. I'm kidnapped. Otherwise, I'm fine. My first concert was with Bethany and her mom. To Blink-182 and Bad Religion. Ah, oh, everyone's seen Blink-182 but me. Uh, then she says, earlier today there was a plane crash in the Alps. 150 people died. 
So uh, Henry, she did she do that? She's confessing to that. Oh, uh, this does have turns. So Henry Lee passes the email to the police. Uh, the email, you know, of course, proof of life. Um, That's a movie. So she shared personal information, you know, the concert yeah. and the plane crash she was referring to was a German Wings airline plane crash that had occurred on March 24th. So it had just happened that morning. Yeah, uh, she was taken on the 23rd. So now the police begin to backtrack their stance a little bit on Aaron, uh, ask him to come back down to the station so he can send a message to the kidnappers from his phone. Um, the audio recording was played for Aaron and his father. Both recognized the voice as Denise's. Analysis revealed that the email had been sent from a Singapore-based anonymous email service, uh, anonymousemail.com, which allows the sender to enter in whatever like from address they want. Yeah. Um, so they weren't really in Singapore. Right, and like I could send one from there and put it was your like Joel Gant comedy at Gmail, and it would look like it came from you. You just put, you just put me out there. Well, people need to know your email <laughs> for your magician kid shows. <laughs> so the police have Aaron's phone, right? Like they had kept a hold of it, uh-huh. but they didn't want to be bothered by it, so they put it on airplane mode. So <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So when Aaron comes back down to the station, they play the video, they play the audio for him. And then they they give him his phone back, and they want him to send a message to the kidnappers. Yeah. So when he turns the airplane mode off, he gets a shitload of missed calls and messages coming through from the kidnappers. Wow. They'd been trying for hours to contact him, but since the police had didn't buy a story at all, they just put his phone on airplane mode and missed all of this. Police be policing. If even I don't understand why you're not. If you think this guy is the guy that killed this girl, yeah, look through the. Why phone. are you not looking through his phone? Yeah, for like tracking data and shit. But you know, I'm not a cop. I don't know. Hey, just back the blue, okay? <laughs> okay. The investigation later discovered that the calls had come from a burner phone purchased at Target um, in Singapore <laughs> for the last goddamn time. Nobody's saying okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, the morning of March 25th, 2015, Denise showed up. She's alive and well. She arrived at her parents' home in Huntington Beach. Uh, the kidnappers had driven her six hours down to Huntington Beach and dropped her off somewhere around her parents' home. They kind of did her a favor then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Denise told the police uh, that the kidnappers had taken her from Aaron's house and put her in the trunk of Aaron's car before she passed out from the drug talk- cocktail. Um, she said that, like, during the ride, she was kind of in and out. Uh-huh. And, like, at one point, she could tell that they were, like, in L.A. traffic. Um, she could tell... So, People like, were yelling, this is the worst L.A. traffic I've ever seen! Not a lot of from New York if they're in L.A. yelling. Visiting? Yeah. All right? It's a side uh, character. He's got to be wacky. And she said they were... She's pretty sure they went out to, like, the country somewhere. Um... Because she said, like, everything was just, like, really quiet. Yeah. So, like, the house was really, really quiet. Cows were like, moo, we're yeah, in like, the country. Cows were like, moo. <laughs> moo. And the driver's like, this is a really peaceful country road that we're driving on. Like, this is the emptiest country road I ever saw. There's uh, nothing like the highway where we were just on. She was zip tied to the bed and had been made to wear the blackout goggles pretty much the entire time. She said there had been at least four kidnappers that she... Thought she could, like, figure out there was at least four. These fucking four people are splitting $18,000. In L.A. So like, trying to get one month to rent fucking rounded up? She said that they did seem very well organized. Um, the kidnappers had used her driver's license to figure out that she was from Huntington Beach. 
Uh, wow, fucking couple detectives there. Yeah. Uh, and they wanted to drop her off somewhere away from the investigation in Vallejo because there was just, you know, a lot of ruckus. Um, the heat was on. So they dropped her off a little ways away from her father's house. Uh, she walked to his house, but he wasn't home. So she asked the gardener if she could use their phone, and then she called the police. Denise told investigators that the kidnappers are taking care of her. They allowed her to take showers and brush her teeth. Um, with Denise returned safe and sound, the police turned to a new theory. <laughs> she cost the she cost the kidnappers money. <laughs> yeah, we need, eight, we need we need eighteen thousand five hundred. Uh, that's, maybe that's you... what didn't they ask for like a hundred more? Well, yeah, they originally fifteen, so but then they asked like, for uh, fucking cost of gas. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. It's all got to be factored in. <laughs> yeah. Room and board. <laughs> yeah. Used our toothpaste. Sheets. Sheets. She's taking showers? <laughs> yeah. Are they blacked out showers? Uh, I don't understand. Her you... water bill went up. What the fuck? Yeah, because she takes all... she takes long showers. <laughs> yeah. Uh so the police asked Denise Hair in the drain. Uh how she got her purse and jacket, because she had that with her. Yeah. Uh she told them the kidnappers, you know, they knew it was hers, they gave it back to her. Like they didn't Keep things, they, you know. <laughs> They're the nicest kid. They treated her really ever. well. Yeah. Um. They asked the niece if if she had ever asked the kidnappers to let her go. Like, well, did you did you ask him not to kidnap you? <laughs> yeah. You didn't. What you are we guys not do? do this? So what are we gonna do? So that's how you get out of it. We're if gonna out there. Somebody for something that you never told them to do. Kidnapping, just be like, can you please not do and this? And they have to let you go. Like, oh, you don't. Yeah, want to. they have to. That's why the key to good. That's why on their side, the key to a good kidnapping. <laughs> It's just like treating shutting that, them up immediately. Treating that person well. So they can't ask not to be kidnapped. You're right. You know. So if we were to like make a list of like the best ways to be a kidnapper, that's up there. That's right up there. Uh, so yeah, she said that, you know, she did like, no, I never really, like, I protested. Yeah. Like I didn't yeah. want to be kidnapped, but like, I wasn't like, please, please sir, will you too. let me go? Yeah. Um, she said that she did ask them um, if they were going to hurt her, like, are they going to kill her or anything? And they told her that there was no reason for them to do any of that. The police asked her if they, she had been sexually assaulted during the kidnapping, if they had touched her inappropriately or done anything against her will, like, other than the kidnapping, I suppose, yeah. and the drugging. Uh, she said that no, they hadn't, and it was that very, you know, the whole thing was very weird, that all things considered, uh, they treated her extremely nicely. And then she asked for a lawyer. So the police uh, kind of thought, like, she's acting real calm for someone that just went through this. Yeah, two days of being held, and she's, o- held hostage. Yeah. Um, Denise told the police that when the kidnappers dropped her off, they duct taped. It was like a vacation. <laughs> that they had duct taped squares of cardboard over her eyes. Uh-huh. Um, and that they told her, you know, hey, when you get out of the car, keep your back to us. We'll drive away. Then you can remove it. So she, like, told them that, told the police that as soon as they drove away, she ripped them off. So they go to the site of where they dropped her off at. They don't find any evidence. They don't find the duct tape anywhere. They don't find any evidence of this. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean anything. Like, she doesn't mean she threw it to the ground. Bird could have taken it. Bird could have taken it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the police then go and speak I with... I pick up every piece of duct tape I see. <laughs> really? I have a collection. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, your house smells weird. <laughs> uh, the police then spoke with the gardener that Denise had borrowed the phone from. The gardener told police that Denise seemed really, like, normal and calm when she approached them. Uh, she didn't act like there would have been anything wrong. Like, yeah. everything was still cool. She just needed to use the phone. <clears throat> so the police announced to the media uh, that they believed the kidnapping was a complete hoax. Uh, 
the the situation was immediately compared to Gone Girl. Gone, yeah, what's that Gone Girl. Gone, yeah, I can't say it. Ben Affleck. Yeah, they immediately that was like the 2015. Yeah. I don't know if it just came out, but it, like it was in everyone's mind. Lieutenant Kenny Clark. It was Clark, like a best-selling book before it was the movie. Yeah. Jillian Flynn. I can say her name. I just can't see the title of it. Gone Girl? Gone Girl. Gone go. Girl. Gone. That takes a lot of work for me. Gone Girl. He I don't did know it. Well, that's our episode. <laughs> so Lieutenant, Lieutenant Kenny Park comes back out. He addresses the media again. Um, he states that it was confirmed that Aaron and Denise were in a, were in a relationship. And that from now They on, were fucking. It's confirmed. From that point forward, he would not be referring to them as victims or witnesses. He said that Aaron's statement was such an incredible story that investigators had initially had a hard time believing it, and that upon further investigation, they were not able to substantiate any of the things that Aaron had said. He stated that, in his opinion, a tremendous amount of resources had been wasted, and that Aaron and Denise had plundered valuable resources away from the community. He said that it was Aaron and Denise who owed the community an apology for taking the focus away from real victims. He finished by saying that upon conclusion of the investigation... That if they feel there's sufficient ev- evidence, they will be requesting criminal charges be filed against both Aaron and Jesus. Denise. So guilty until proven innocent. Well, the media runs fucking wild. Not the media. Aaron and Denise lies about everything. It's a giant hoax. Yeah. Go on, girl. You know. Uh, so Denise had continued communication with investigators, but then she speaks with. Uh, FBI Special Agent Jason R. Walter and tells him some things that she says the kidnappers told her not to tell the authorities. Uh, one of the statements was that she'd been raped twice uh, and that it had been recorded both times, that uh, they were going to use those recordings to basically blackmail her. You know, Damn. like, don't tell anybody we're going to yeah. release these. Uh, the kidnapper who assaulted her both times wore a condom and had told her that he was doing this because he was being instructed to by his boss. Now, the second time he did it, he said that the boss was making him do it again because the video recording uh, re- video recording wasn't what he wanted. And he said, this time, we need to act more like we're boyfriend and girlfriend. That way, like, if anyone sees this, we're going to say that you were willing to, like, be a part of what all this. fuck? Um, another piece of information that she wasn't supposed to share was that one of the kidnappers had accidentally let it slip that he'd been in the Marines. Um, one of the kidnappers also told Denise that he had been inside Aaron's home five different times in the months leading up to the kidnapping, scouting the location out, and at w- one time had made it all the way to the top of the stairs, and they were going to go ahead and do the mission then, but the last second they aborted it to further work out some of the details of the plan. So they'd been in the house a lot, creeping around. If they had the sex tape, they did it the second time to make it look like she's the girlfriend, wouldn't they have to take like her goggles off? Are you yeah, fucking I mean, with I, the goggles on? Like, she doesn't get a look at the maybe, better look at the guy then? Maybe they're like, you know, say that you're really into goggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure there are some girls that would like some He's, like, holding off. up index cards of her lines. Like, that could be my opening line. The girl would just give him, like, blackout goggles and be like, hey, you don't have to see a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try it. Uh, <laughs> I want to try it. <laughs> but the police, the, the police continued to focus on the hoax angle. They offered both Aaron and Denise immunity. Uh, basically, whichever one of you want to flip on the I've first, seen Survivor. That's hard to get. <laughs> you won't be prosecuted. Uh, so then, go. after Kenny Park's press conference where he's basically like, fuck those two kids. <laughs> yeah, he was. The reporter from San, the San Francisco Chronicle, Henry Lee, he gets another email. This time from Huskins Kidnapping at Hotmail.com. 
And uh, this one states, I speak for the group that kidnapped Miss Huskin, Huskins. Huh, Huskins. That's what the email says. No. We, trans- <laughs> we transmitted certain information to you earlier. Most of that was made public, except I don't believe any article mentioned that the sound clip was delivered as a link to a site in which users can anonymously post media files. Basically saying, like, media never even bothered to say, like, the original email was sent, you know, from a anonymous website. Like, it's it's not actually from Aaron, the way that it was portrayed. Hmm. Um, we are a group of what I suppose you would call professional thieves, though we have not been doing it that long and don't identify ourselves as such. <laughs> <laughs> We're a group of this, but we don't think of ourselves as yeah, that. Yeah, we're not of that. We are more than two and fewer than eight. <laughs> all but one of us. I hate riddles. All but one of us hold at least bachelor degrees, including one from your alma mater. Some of us have a tech background and are very good at overcoming electronic anti-theft measures, stealing late model cars. And Steve once touched the rim <laughs> of a basketball rim. Poop. It was super cool. <laughs> he didn't dunk, but he touched the rim. <laughs> And for us, that's very awesome. Me and Eric were there. We, we saw it. Uh, and reconfiguring systems as necessary to make the vehicle saleable in a foreign market. Uh, he goes on to talk about how like they've been um, stealing cars from Mare Island for a while. Like they steal cars, they fence them to somebody. That takes Let me list case. all our crimes we've been doing real <laughs> yeah. fast. Uh, they said that recently, though, they uh, they were operating out of an abandoned warehouse. On the south part of the island, but recently they shut down operations. This um, is the Fast and Furious. But then they say, Ms. Denise Huskins was absolutely kidnapped. We did it. <laughs> we provide incontrovertible proof of that, and the Chronicle will break it. We will not turn ourselves in, nor reveal our ident- identities. Even after we come out, we don't think there will be any link allowing the police to identify us. Uh, as... Um, where to go? Where to go? Absolutely kidnapped. Um, but it is still risky, and as things stand now, we could apparently get away with anything. We would rather take the chance of revealing the truth than live in a world where someone like uh, Denise is victimized again and again. We have no prior link to Denise and did not know who she was until the night of their operation. We believe the woman that was there was Andrea Roberts. So they, th- they think that's yeah, Aaron's ex. Yeah, yeah. We will come forward with a statement and evidence in the form of photos taken inside various homes on Mare Island and property taken. Apparently, nothing short of that will convince the police that any crime took place. Prior to the kidnapping, we did not commit any violent crime, crime against persons, nor did we ever enter nor tamper with any household. So they, they're basically, they're going to say that, like, you know, we only take from people that can afford it. We don't ever mess with children. Um, we don't mess with any military stuff, any government, you know, they, they're... Saying like, "Hey, we're we're good guys." Yeah, Robin Hood. We do some things. We're good guys. Um, the bottom line is the bottom line. Inconceivable as it sounds, given what we have not done, is that we didn't really want to hurt anyone. We are young adults, fairly recent college graduates, and up until now, this was a bit like a game or a movie. We fancied ourselves as sort of an Ocean's Eleven gentleman criminals who only took stuff that was insured from people who could afford it. Um, the horrifying reality of what we had become and what we were doing did not set in until being confronted directly with Denise's suffering humanity. We now, we now feel like the pieces of shit we have become. 
What the fuck, dude? And though we don't have the courage to turn ourselves in and spend the rest of our lives in prison, we will not stand by and see the life of a really good person ruined. We dropped Denise off at her home in Huntington Beach because it was more or less uh, equal distance to the Bay Area, and because we were horrified of what we had done and wanted her to have her family and close friends around to help her recover. If you're willing to break this story and publish our statement, we will allow it. Um, we would have prepared it by 10 a.m. So he goes on to say uh, he understands that nobody wants to protect a criminal, but it's the only way they can really make this work. Uh, the only thing we ask in return is that you pass a message to Denise for us. We do not know how to reliably reach, reliably reach her. Tell her again that we are unspeakably sorry and <laughs> ashamed for what had happened, including the matter resulting from an argument within the team. I think that's probably the rape. Uh, tell her that that all threats against her and her family are lifted and she is safe. Did they put rape in parentheses? <laughs> Maybe. Tell her we will come forward and try our best to correct the situation. Um, so, yeah, they're kind of like, blame me. Like, hey, I know we've kidnapped this girl, but hey, police, media, quit being fuckheads, you know. <laughs> so attached to the email was a photo. Um, the photos. It's like the opposite of trying to get away with it, if this is all true. The uh, all any identifying data had been taken off the photo, like uh, the the file name and stuff. Like you can go in, and, like erase, like where it was taken. They scrubbed when it, was taken. it. They scrubbed, scrubbed it. it clean. You're a detective. I've seen movies. In the photo, a water that was attached a, a water gun that had been painted with black spray paint and had a flashlight and laser pin attached to it with duct tape. Two days later, the kidnapper sent another email to Henry Lee. This one being a ten thousand word email. Oh, my God. The, ba- the email basically restates that they had kidnapped Denise and held her for ransom after breaking into Aaron's home. They restated that the kidnapping wasn't a hoax. Again, we're really sorry. <laughs> and Steve touched the rim. <laughs> the email said that the kidnappers were deeply ashamed of themselves, regretful of what they had done. Um, it said that Aaron and Denise suffered a life-threatening ordeal beyond what most people could imagine. And that they are absolutely dismayed. This is so clearly Aaron and Denise. They are dismayed, <laughs> ashamed, and dumbfounded <laughs> that the police would turn against the victims and accuse them of making everything up and threatening them with prosecution. Uh, they go on to say that it also is a shame that so many journalists who cast casted the victims in negative light and led readers to do the same thing, readers and viewers. Uh, so the emails included a ton of details that only the kidnappers would know. Um but they do go out of their way to paint themselves in the most positive light possible while repeatedly saying, like, we're sorry. Yeah, we're really sorry. <clears throat> we're, we're good dudes. So they sound like, you know, I'm a good guy. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I know I did all those horrible things, but I'm a good guy. I wanted to feel alive. The They stayed in the emails that they were able to break into Aaron's home by drilling through one of the windows. They made sure to point out that they went... Oh, I bet that was a pain. They made sure to point out... They went out of their way to make the break-in and kidnapping as comfortable as possible for Aaron and Denise. So with all of this We let him check all the doors and windows. We know that's part of his We routine. knew that was his thing. So Steve was jumping up and looking in the window. He's the one that can jump high. They get the police. Uh, Henry shares all this with the police again. So the police has all this info. They have all the emails. And they kind of tell Henry Lee... Uh, we're fucking done with They're like, this. look, this is all just a part of their fucking game. Yeah. Man, like, all you're doing is feeding into it. Um, like, at this point, I don't give a fuck what happened. <laughs> these, the kidnappers, if this is real, so, sound like little bitches, so fuck these guys. Once this happens, the kidnappers send Lieutenant Kenny Park an email uh, on March 30th, 2015, at 11.41 a.m. And it reads, I won't read the whole thing, because it's a lot, um... 
basically it says, uh, this is the last message we will transmit for at least several months. First, it was wrong of you to issue, first it was wrong, oh, wait a minute, that's the next one they did. So they basically sent one telling him. <laughs> I did message back. Sorry. Uh, they basically sent him one saying, you're a piece of shit, and you are going to come out with a public apology. The Vallejo Police Department are going to come out with a public apology to Aaron and Denise. You're going to say that you're wrong. Uh, you're going to say that they did nothing, that they're the victims. And they're said, like, you know, don't make this some bullshit apology. Like, we want a real apology from you guys. <laughs> So, we got an apology expert over here. And then they threat. They basically make a threat. Like, if you don't do this, some bad shit's going to happen. We're good guys, and we're sorry. And they do say that. They're like, the bad shit's going to happen. They're like, you know, we... Don't make us do what we, we don't want to do. We don't, we don't want to be good guys doing bad things, but we will if we have to. So the next morning at 7... I hate everyone involved in at this. At 7.11 a.m., another email comes through to Lieutenant Park, and this one is immediately taking back what they just said. They're like, look, that was, a, that was pretty heavy-handed of us. Uh... <laughs> They say that we're not actually going to do anything. Um, <laughs> Psych! But they go on to say, uh, while the threat is, you know, we're not going to do anything, we would still like it if you would apologize. <laughs> that we think it would be super cool of you to apologize for what you've done. Um, but then, like, but then it goes on where he's talking about, like, uh, the kidnapper's talking about uh, how... They feel like the, the like the police department have already done them in. Like they're having got that they're constantly looking over their shoulder now. Uh-huh. Like they're starting to have like nervous breakdowns and things. Um, and he says the kidnapper's like, you know, I'm only going to find peace if I go overseas, maybe teach English or some such. Like I just got to get away from here. What? And then they they end the email by saying, if you do manage to pull me out of a hole someday, good job, well played. I'm not going to hurt anybody. But depending on where I am at at that moment in time, I might have another spray painted squirt gun. Or maybe it will be a real gun. Empty. Or maybe not empty. Don't think too hard about that. Just aim true and get it done. If it ever comes to that. So. Fucking dramatic much? Jesus. So, for weeks and months, the media continue reporting on the case like it's a hoax. I mean, it's just constant, like. Every night on the news, yeah, they have video footage of Aaron and Denise like just living their lives, and they're like, "Look at these two motherfuckers." <laughs> they sent the email. Uh, they did. I'm the media. It's me. <laughs> so on June 25th, 2015, a home invasion takes place in Dublin, California. That's right nearby. Um, so the FBI agent I was talking about, the special agent Jason Walter, he gets con. He gets. Uh, he's been conducting an investigation into the kidnapping. So he receives a notification from the Alameda County Sheriff's Department that they were investigating a home invasion that had taken place on June 5th. At around 3 a.m., uh, 60-year-old Chung Yen and his 52-year-old wife Lin were woken up by an intruder shining a bright light in their faces. Uh, their 22-year-old so her name was Lin Lin? Lin, Lin, Yen. Lin Yen. Lin Yen. Okay. Their 22-year-old, 22-year-old daughter was asleep in the next room. The kidnapper assured them that their daughter was safe. They were also told to lie on their backs, uh, or their stomachs, I'm sorry. But when the kidnapper reached down to zip-tie Chung's hands together, he began to fight back. While they fight, Lin runs to the bathroom, calls 911. While on the call uh, with the dispatcher, you can hear Chung Yin yelling, he's run away already. 
Uh, Chung was bleeding, but he had fought off the attacker. Hell yeah! And when police arrived, they found the intruder's phone, a bag of zip ties, and other supplies laying nearby. Ooh. Uh, a detective on the case traced the phone back. They're to- dorky looking, but that's when you need that belt thing that you put your phone in that. Oh, yeah, it is. I, I wouldn't want to be caught dead with one of those. Well, you've seen a fanny pack. Yeah, well, or a fanny pack, sure. Uh, so they traced the phone back to where, you know, the, the residence where the owners should be. Uh, the detective calls the owner at their home, but she's informed that that person's currently not there. However, that person had just recently lost their phone. Wow. And they say, if you want to find them, they stay quite often on, at a South Tahoe Lake property that they own. Um, they're not here right now. You'll probably find them there, though. So they go to the ta- lake, the Tahoe Lake property. Uh, the place is an absolute wreck. Every- it's just a mess. There's stuff strung all over the place. But they find a black ski mask, duct tape, gloves, zip ties, uh, other tools that can be used for home invasion. They also find a partially empty bottle of NyQuil, a bottle of hair dye, Vaseline, a penis pump. <laughs> well, this dude's living life. Yeah. Uh, the police collected everything for evidence. And the man who was at the home was taken into custody custody along with a white mustang that was found on the property and had been reported stolen most of what was found in the residence could be linked to the home invasion that occurred in dublin but detective misty caruso began to link some things to aaron denise's home invasion as well uh she found a bb gun that had been painted black with a flashlight and red laser point pointer duct tape to it and the white mustang's gps that had been stolen showed that the mustang had recently been to huntington beach california hmm. Uh, the, detective, the detective also found a male blow-up doll dressed in all-black clothing with wires attached to it so it could be manipulated like a puppet. So that way it could make somebody think there's two people here because there's another person oh moving around. God. Goggles covered in black tape were found in the home. And, what is happening? And in the black tape, there's a, a blonde uh, strand of blonde hair. So the man taken into custody was Matthew Mahler, uh, or Mueller. Mueller was raised in Sacramento. He's a son of like a teacher. He comes from a pretty good background. Um, they often went like hiking and scuba diving. He's raised in like a very nice environment, a great family, but he was bullied throughout his youth for his weight. Um, he didn't really like sports. He was more into books and music. After school, he joined the Marines and became obsessed with fitness. Like he was, just, he was a really lean guy after the Marines. He was in the Marine Corps band, was by all accounts a really good soldier. He earned a ton of medals, uh, and he received an honorable discharge as a sergeant. After he left the Marines, he went to promote a college, became involved in volunteering to help the homeless. In 2001, he traveled to Prague uh, through the academic program, fell in love with a woman he met over there, married her in 2013. They moved to Boston. He attends Harvard Law School. He's at Harvard. He's at Harvard? <laughs> After graduating. Hey, like them apples. He begins to teach at Harvard. Uh, he was very well liked and specialized in immigration law. In 2008, he gets diagnosed with bipolar disorder and prescribed medication for it, but he doesn't take it because he doesn't like the side effects. Uh, so he does his best to like, hide that he has this, um, but it gets really hard for him to do it, and him and his wife leave uh, Boston, and they go to San Francisco in 2009, and he begins working for like a really successful law firm. He also got on some new medication for the bipolar disorder that he actually took. But the medication gave him insomnia, which turned into psychosis. He began hearing voices. Uh, he'd hear people talking about him. He became paranoid. He also believed that the Chinese government was out to get him. 
Oh. Like, just him. Yeah. Um, so his wife leaves him. He's disbarred from the law firm he's working for because he refused to give uh, clients money back to them. So the police begin to look into him, and they discover that he'd been linked to a number of crimes. In 2019, a woman was sleeping in her apartment near Stanford, California, when someone broke in and carried out the same shit that had been done to Aaron Denise. He forced the woman to drink NyQuil, forced her to provide him with her banking info, attempted to sexually assault her. Uh, the same thing happened again a month later. In 2012, another woman reported that a man had broken into her home, but she'd fought him off. On Mare Island, between August 2014 and January 2015, right when he moves there, multiple people reported a peeping Tom who was looking into their window in the middle of the night. Um, when he moved to Mare Island, he moved a block away from Aaron's home. Mm. Detective Misty Caruso had heard all about Aaron and Denise's case. And Maybe it's not Aaron and Denise. Turns out it's not. <laughs> uh she makes the Vallejo Police Department aware of, like, you know, the, what's going on. Uh, and the police department and the media immediately turn their shit around. Uh, the same fucking news channels that reported the case as a hoax yeah. would go on air and say things like, we turn our attention now to a case that some have called a hoax <laughs> in a real-life Gone Girl scenario. Like, the same motherfuckers that just a, two weeks later have been saying the same shit. Yeah. It took years for the Vallejo Police Department to publicly issue Aaron Quinn and Denise Huskins' apologies. Uh, Matthew Mahler represented himself in court. He's found guilty, though. Um, if you represent yourself... I he mean, is a smart dude, though. Yeah. But... He's on a... Um, there's video of him being interviewed. I think you're about to say he's on a podcast. Like, this motherfucker he, has a prison he podcast! Might. He might. Uh, but yeah, that story, like, well, the first time I heard it, I'm like, oh, he did it. Aaron did it. Yeah. Motherfucker's lying. She's dead. Then when she shows up, I'm like, oh, well, they fucking did it. Like, yeah. they set up the whole thing to get money from, like, somebody. And then, but, like, the, when I first watched it, the story was titled, basically, like, the kidnapping that the police refused to believe. So I was like, well, the whole point of this thing is that the police are assholes then, yeah. or it wouldn't be titled that. So I'm like, so who the fuck did this? Then when I find out that there's a goddamn blow-up doll with wires attached to it, I'm like, this is a fucking movie. I bet he's working on another one, so he can have one on each side. Like, and like when he moves, he just hands. have a whole like six people. But yeah. everybody's like, they always were in a line. Yeah. <laughs> like they were all very their organized. hands at the same time, very synchronized. Uh, six of them, their legs never touched the ground; they just dangled. <laughs> but you know, I thought they floated. We were looking for vampires the whole time. But Jim Carrey, like, when you see Matthew Mahler, uh -huh. that's Jim Carrey. Like, he can play him. Uh, you know, we just got to get a couple... couple blonde chicks. A couple blonde chicks. But Aaron. I think that would be... That's just a weird-ass fucking fucked up story. Movie. Like, I feel like the Cone brothers would do great with it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, all their, all their movies have crime and, like, violence and shit, but there's always that, like, underlying comedy. So I think it would be a great Cone brothers movie. They're listening. In the uh, video that the Henry Steve, Lee... Steve Henry? Henry Cohen? Lee uh, interviews Matthew Mahler uh -huh. while he's in prison. And, like, he keeps saying, like, you know, do you now... Because um, the case was still coming up. Trial was pending and everything. So that he's like, would you like to take this opportunity to, like, you know, apologize to Denise and Aaron or whatever? The whole time Matthew's like, um, well, you know, I feel like it's in my best interest not to uh, make any statements. Like, he just... I don't, I, I don't understand news interviews where they just keep asking questions. That, yeah. Like, it's like sports 
where they talk to the players afterwards. Like they know the, the cliche. They, they know stuff. nobody's going to give them a real answer. Yeah. Plus he's crazy. But yeah, that's uh, so. It turns out to be just one dude. But honestly, like, well, she didn't get killed. The planning was amazing. God, the cops just went so hard on him. The cops immediately. They couldn't just be like, like, we don't have an idea. We don't have a clue. Yeah. They just threw them both under the bus. And then, you know, did not walk it back for no. quite a while. Because God forbid they admit they're wrong. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, got to make gotta make that one into a movie. Yeah. got to be a great movie. Because uh, it just goes in so many directions. Let's get started. Oh, we'll do it. I'll play Denise. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Just wear that Santa wig. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, have, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy Merry holidays. Christmas. I hope uh, everybody gets what they want or just has a have a good. I hope you get what you deserve. Have some good holidays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until next time. Thanks for listening. Uh, like and review us. Give us five stars on Apple if you're listening on there. Share us with your friends. Uh, make sure you're following us on Spotify. Subscribe to all that stuff. Thanks. Love you. Merry Christmas. Bye. Let's be friends.